Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Shine football fans, welcome to Morning Footy. Happy Wednesday. So glad you're starting your day with us. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor, Aaron West. Back welcome. to the desk today. We've got Alexis Guerreros, <laughs> Michelle Jinkris with some headlines for you today. Hi guys, Aaron. Hello. It's been a while. It has been a while. I mean, I saw I mean, you I've in seen DC. you guys recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nico, good count. to see you again, my boy. All I can think about is the world that we are living in right now. We're at Lionel Messi. Where are you Messi. going with this one? We're Lionel, yeah, yeah. Lionel Messi. <laughs> Lionel Messi is playing in Major League Soccer, mm-hmm. and we knew that this was going to be seismic. I still really can't wrap my head around what mm-hmm. we are witnessing. It hasn't hit been, you yet? No. I, I've covered this league for a long time. Like, I've covered this league for seven years. I've never had this much fun watching somebody play. It's unbelievable. Yes, 100%. Every single time this man touches the ball, something special is about to happen. Three goals in 58 minutes. (laughs) Not even a full 90. Not even a full 90. Is that good? It's it's unfathomable. And the way way that he has elevated this entire Inter-Miami team. You know you talk about the Michael Jordan effect, how this was a guy that made everybody around him better. That is Leo Messi. So, that is what he does. And Nico, you had said, you said this Inter I, I keep reminding myself too, Inter Miami are in last place. Yeah. This did not look like a team. This team that beat Atlanta United 4 0 in League's Cup last night did not look like a team that is in last place, Nico. So I don't know if Inter Miami has suddenly become one of the most feared teams in Major League Soccer from one night to the next, from one week to the next. You don't know. They that. were, I mean, but it's crazy to think that Are a you team in is that, last wait, place. Is that sarcasm? Yeah, we'll, we'll play it they out. They have and, Lionel Andres yeah, Messi. They but it's have crazy. Me, when he and, wrote his name on the paper, yeah, yeah. they became the most we feared have, team in yeah, the it's And it's crazy to think that way because <laughs> it's, you a, find it's a, a way small to stop them. Skeks is standing behind yeah. them. And they're, and they're dead last. And also, Robert Taylor out of nowhere. I really do like what you said, though, because the Messi effect, is a, it's a thing. When you see, when you have great players in your team, pe- pe- players have talked about it with Ronaldo, with Messi, with, with LeBron, across sports. When you have someone that is at that level and you see how they train every single day, they, you see how every single touch 
is perfect. Every single thing they do is measured. It makes you raise your game. You're like, I'm not giving Messi a bad pass. That's Messi. I'm not giving Busquets a bad pass. I'm not losing the ball when Messi passes me the ball. So everyone's level is raised, and it's really, really cool to watch. Similarly it's to how Maradona came onto that Napoli team and just took that Napoli team to a different level, they they were the laughing stock yeah. of Italy. Similarly to how Inter Miami has been doing so poorly <laughs> in Major League Soccer. You could say and, they were the laughing and, and stock. And he, he shows up. Yeah. <laughs> He's got season tickets, bro. He doesn't want to say He shows up to Major League Soccer and everything. I didn't think that the impact was going to be so immediate. And within less than 90 minutes of play, This man's got a bucket in the stands going on Sutras. What are we doing? It's crazy. completely. He looks like a superhero out there. Yeah. And also he, the he, he culture. Really does. He's shifting the culture. When was the last time you saw a DJ Khaled, a Diddy, Giggs, <laughs> yeah. one, of the, one of the most popular, one of the most heralded British rappers of all time at an MLS game, Camila Cabello, Raul Alejandro, after a breakup, is at an MLS yeah. game. The sorry, <laughs> That's Raul. where he's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this, this is absolutely incredible. This is next level. We talk about you know, making MLS more significant, making MLS a bigger part of the American landscape, making MLS a bigger part of the American culture. These are those first steps, the baby steps. And this man hasn't played 90 minutes yet. Yeah. This is absolute, this is everything you could have wanted if you're Jorge Mas, if you're Don Garber, yeah. if you're David Beckham. It's, do you know what else I struck me, struck me last night too, and in the first game against Cruz Azul? The joy with which Messi is playing. You can see it on his face when he runs over to Robert Taylor and wraps him up after he scores an absolute yeah. banger. He just I mean, looks so happy to be here. So <laughs> he's like happy. on the sideline after the so game. He's signing he sign shirts and stuff. I have an issue with that a little bit. I'm sure. But, here we go. but the, the fact that he, he yeah. understands. No, having the no fun police around? He yeah, understands. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking. <laughs> he understands. And, sorry. <laughs> you gotta work. Sorry, but you, we're back. We're back. Can you just put peanut gallery on the lower third over here? I'm done. I'm just. No, I, I feel fine. for all my seventh grade teachers now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll continue. You were saying? No, it's fine. I'm. I'm. Was just trying to make a point that I, I think love that you too, so I'm sorry. I think. No, it's fine. I think that I. He just. He understands what this means to soccer in North America. He understands what it means for Major League Soccer. He knows the impact that he's having. Exactly. On the, on the league. But he's embracing it. You know, I don't, for, he is a mega, he's mega, happy. mega superstar. He is the GOAT, and he's happy. And to watch somebody as good as he is play with that much joy is so special. I, it, I, was, I was giddy. I, I've just been absolutely giddy watching this man uh, the, last two, the last two matches. I can only imagine what it means for you being from Miami, being an Argentine. It, it's I, it's, I can't so, believe it's it. just so remarkable. It, it feels like a simulation, but he's actually really there, and it almost feels like he's going to have fun because he is above the difficulty level of, of Major League Soccer, similarly to how he was at, in Ligue 1. Like, let's not get it wrong, this is not bashing Major League Soccer because he was well better than a lot I, of the competition. I think it's obvious. I don't think you're bashing In, in, in Ligue 1. But the thing is that in Ligue 1, he wasn't happy. Yes. Here, he's happy. He's able to have his family super close to the field and be able to walk over them, to, to, to hug them mid-game. The fans like him. No one's at his house. revere him. They adore him. Yeah. And it's a completely different situation. And, and it's difficult to kind of process that this is that we've changed the chapter into a next part of his career. Um, and to the point is that, remember what I said, that 
I didn't know if they were the scariest team. Yeah, of course they've become one of the scariest teams, but I really hope that suddenly they, they need perfection once Major League Soccer tell starts me, up again to make that tell playoff me a push. a scarier team for another MLS team right now, legitimately. Like, oh, so tactically. Not even throwing out, like, throwing out form. We, we know that, that, that there's the top yeah. of the league. We St. Know. Louis, Cincinnati. Are you really scared, more scared to face St. Louis no, and Cincinnati? I'll, no, no, no. I'm more scared Messi to face Messi. 100% I'm more yeah. scared to face but Messi. But then, to your point, they are. They immediately. Right. And I don't want to say overnight. I, just, I didn't want to disrespect those teams. I've been doing so well. well and so I don't, Messi I don't, we comes got in either. there. Yeah, I don't we got disrespect there. them either. But like, you have to quantify who this man yeah. is. Yeah, he yeah, is the greatest of all time. To most people, to a lot of people, I'm not going to start that argument. To a lot of people, he's a great. But And then Busquets, who is arguably the best defensive midfielder of all time who has so much time on the ball. He literally, I tweeted about this, he's like checking his shoulders and he's like, okay, all right, yeah. I, let's I, get to do a little pirouette and then pick <laughs> out a pass, I'm good. Messi on, it's on Messi's it's ridiculous. first goal. I mean, Nico, this man was in lagoons <laughs> and it's messy. <laughs> and I'm not kidding, the amount of space uh, this man was finding, too much. What was, what was the tactic? that you were looking for. I remember Cruz Azul kind of got, you know, sort of um, made fun of, if you will, or was, uh, you know, I get admonished for putting too, putting too many people on Messi and trying to clog the space around Messi. And then Atlanta was like, what if we just don't? What if we give him all the space? And it's just too much. Look at Busquets. I mean, this the amount of space these guys were having all night last night was too much. This is tactically, no one in this league scares you as much as trying to figure it out. I mean, they brought in one of the best defenders, Atlanta, or at least one of the best MLS defenders of the last few years, a 37-year-old Cuban dude named Osvaldo Alonso, who I like. You know what I mean? I mean, I like Ozzy. I think he's a great player, but come on. I, That's I the guy you're going to try to stop Messi and Busquets with? That was yeah. like, oh, you just go to see. The depth is really going to be challenged in this league. I also think there's like a difference between scariest team and best team. Mm -hmm. Inter-Miami are not the best team right now. They are the most terrifying because yeah. they have Messi. Yeah. <laughs> the connection between Busquets but and Messi. They kept talking about it on the broadcast, too. They've only had five training sessions I, together I with all yeah. of those guys on the pitch at the same time. They looked organized. <laughs> they looked like they that, had that an messy. identity. <laughs> I know, I mean, but yeah. it, is, it is wild to think of the transformation that has yeah. happened in such a short period of time. And Jordi Alba isn't even there yet. This yeah. is for, and not only that, they're Iniesta? probably looking for another. No, Iniesta doesn't look like it's happening, oh. but they're looking for another striker and they're looking for a center back, which they really need. So this is for the research team to, to <laughs> confirm. I think it's the first time in club history that they are leading 3-0 at halftime. And it just speaks volumes. By the way, last night was another training session, so it's six. <laughs> Good one. Well played, Alexis. Um, all right, I'm sure we're going to talk plenty more about this later on in the show, but uh, we're going to take a break. Michelle Gindras has some headlines for us when we come back. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Uh, this is something you like to see. Tyler Adams back in training for Leeds. Um, he had suffered that, that was it a quad injury? A hammy? I, think, it, I, think I it was believe a, a hamstring. Was it a hammy? Sort of 
Uh, Some sort of muscular tear. A muscular injury. tear, which is never good. But, yeah, but another um, big one. He's, but, he's had moments in his career where he's been out for large portions of seasons, and now the fact that he won't go to October, it's probably an indication that he, he's, he's going to stay with Leeds this season. Well, well, he certainly will, yeah. Right? He can't pass medical right now. Until the next yeah. transfer I, I would assume window, he'll probably return, hopefully, early October. In, in October, play for a month and a half or two, and then hopefully, no disrespect to Leeds. But what, what, what team would get a player that's only a month and a half? January? Half in, I mean, if in. he shows that he's fully fit, there's, I mean, he's, he's Tyler but Adams He's still. so critical to the setup of Leeds, and Leeds just halfway through a season is going to let mean, him in go. In the championship, though, I, I don't think you can necessarily keep a player like that no. of his quality. I don't think they would stand in his way. Leeds is a club that, that, that it's a big club, yes. But in the championship for a, a U.S. international that is of that quality, if he's fit, I think in January they would let him leave. Especially if he starts there would be. I think, uh, again, postulating, I, I think there would be a market for him in January. He and showed well already in, in Premier League. He yeah. showed he's of that quality. Yeah. There, were there was, other, there there was, was a lot of interest rumored. before yeah. he got the injury, and I think there still will be interest. Is it concerning, though, that he does yes. seem to keep picking I, I, up Frankly, injuries. like I'm a Tyler Adams, Adams fan. I'm a U.S. men's national team fan. This is concerning yeah. because his injury record is not good. No. Uh, he has not shown durability at the highest level. If you were a, a top club, that would be the worry because when he's on the pitch, He's fantastic, mm -hmm. but can you keep him on the pitch? Can you keep him healthy? That is a worry, and, and for me, as a personally, as a fan, it, that is worrying. He's been mostly fit for World Cup qualifiers and for. Let's for the not World forget Cup the World Cup well. was in the middle of the season as well, so yeah. he would have stayed healthy if time-wise for an entire season. I mean, players and he was too much, too season. many games. It was a lot period. of soccer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just too many games for yeah. these guys. And especially for moments a, a where he was out for a long time he, and, and now this injury at least. And the way he plays is just he runs so much that it's gonna put miles on your legs it's you're gonna wear down so it, it's tough it's tough yeah. fingers crossed he stays yeah. healthy all right I want the best one let's get to some headlines Michelle what you got for us uh, exciting news for Tyler Adams not great news for Tottenham owner Joe Lewis he made headlines earlier in the week for reportedly pushing Tottenham to sell Harry Kane if Kane won't sign a new contract now Lewis is in hot water for a different kind of deal advising Lewis has been indicted in the United States on charges of insider training with US prosecutors accusing Lewis of providing confidential stock information to friends and associates in transfer news Fulham is known for its American contingent but the cottagers have added a Mexican national team player in the mix. Ra Raul Jimenez has joined Fulham on a reported $6 million transfer from Wolves. Jimenez spent five seasons at Wolves, scoring 57 goals and joins a Fulham side that is expected to sell striker Alexandra Mitrovic, uh, who has been linked to Saudi club Al-Hilal. And speaking of Saudi news in other Saudi transfer news, Jordan Henderson uh, his move to Saudi Pro League side El Atifak is reportedly due to be announced earlier today with the English midfielder in Croatia at Al Atifak's preseason putting the finishing touches on his reported $15 million transfer from Liverpool. According to reports, Henderson said goodbye to his Liverpool teammates ahead of the transfer and will reunite him with Steven Gerrard. And in Women's World Cup news, Australia's injury woes have grown even worse with two more starters expected to miss their next group stage match. 
forward Mary Fowler and defender Ivy Lewick suffered mild concussions in training on Tuesday, ruling them out of Australia's match against Nigeria on Thursday. The Aussies were already without their striker Sam Kerr, who missed Australia's 1-0 opening match with a win against Ireland uh, with a calf injury. Excuse me. Kerr is expected to miss Nigeria in that match, and that remains unclear when she will be able to return to action. And in U.S. Women's National Team news, they return to World Cup action tonight, and one of the best players appears to be ready to take a step back into the starting lineup. Rose Lavelle spoke to media ahead of tonight's marquee clash with the Netherlands, and while the American playmaker didn't confirm she would be starting, her being chosen as the U.S. player to speak to media suggests she's a good bet to start against the Dutch side in a rematch of the 2019 Women's World Cup final, which of course Lavelle scored in. So, Aaron, we haven't seen Rose Lavelle since April starting. We did hear Alex Morgan saying that maybe this game against the Netherlands, you wanted to see the U.S. really kind of attack as well. Do you think that Rose could be the perfect fit to start this game? Rose is, is a next-level player. She is, when she is in the team, you see the difference that she brings to this team. She, the quality on and off the ball, her movement, her first touch, her vision, the passes she plays, of course, her finishing. She just brings another level to this team. Obviously, Savannah DeMello is quality. She wasn't brought into this team with, with just very limited right. experience with, for not being quality. But that being said, Rose is, is she is one of the best players in the world. She is world-class, like legitimately world-class. And to have her back fit is massive for the team. It helps everyone's confidence. She brings, she ties things together. She links play. So I'm happy to see her back. Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. She is a healthy Rose Lavelle. You're starting. I yeah. mean, like, there's, there's, just, no there's just no, there's no question. Yeah, I wonder if she's, uh, if she's available to start. I don't know how long she can go. Yeah. I don't know. And, and available to start is different from yeah, going yeah, yeah. full 90, right? And I'm super intrigued tonight because I have a sense that the lineup is going to be very different to the one that we saw against Vietnam. Yeah, we're um, we're going to speak to Jordan Angeli coming up in the show. And we got um, but else. yesterday, she she kind of alluded to the the same thing. She thought that Vlaco might uh, make some make some mm -hmm. adjustments. Um, but Rose Lavelle, I mean, Michelle mentioned it. She the goal that she scored in the final against uh, the Netherlands in 2019. Oh, oh my goodness! Were you? Oh. Just the the moment. You got she, hugs. <laughs> I mean, she was the player of the tournament yeah. for for me. Yes. I mean, just. Just everything. She was just so dynamic on the ball and her ability to move in tight spaces. And I she's think so that saucy. she's so saucy. So saucy. She's yeah. so saucy. And I think for for the U.S. coming off a, a game against Vietnam, where I think we all it left a little bit to be desired. Mm. I think we were all like, we want to see more. We right. know that they're capable of more. I feel like getting a healthy Rose Lavelle out there. On the pitch. This is the level of opposition a, to bring it out of them. The energizer. The Netherlands are a very, very good team. This will test them. So I'm excited to see them test it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm a little worried that if she can't go for a full 90, how the, how the team changes in a moment where it may be crunch time. You It'll may be fun though already by then. That's, I hope you, I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you better, I hope you're right, to be honest with you, because if it's 2-2 if it's two -two or 2-1 two and, yeah. you know, and, and, and the Netherlands are threatening, now all of a sudden we take probably our most dynamic playmaker yeah. out and we bring in someone like a Savannah DeMillo or an Ashley Sanchez mm -hmm. who don't have the exact same qualities that a Rose Lavelle brings in connecting and you know, springing the attack. It, it, right, that, I would rather have her come in at the half, at the second half. How, where does she make an impact, from the start or right. coming off the bench? Because yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm thinking of the last situation that comes to my head is uh, Dybala for the uh, Europa League final. Yeah, yeah, right? Right. He was 
available to start. He came on, he made an immediate impact, and, right. then, and then they had to out. take him off. Yeah. I think the U.S. Women's National Team it, has much it, more options it, than it Roma did in that bit, final. It but, could be a little bit of a yeah. bluff to put her in the press conference, like little mind games, and then just leave her on the bench Ooh. and then bring her on at halftime. Who knows? Who knows? That would be the right Let's way see. to go. For I like it. I like As it. As a coach, that's what I'm doing. Uh, we'll talk <laughs> plenty more about that coming up in the show. Uh, we're going to take a break, but after that, we are chatting some Americans that have been on the move this summer transfer window. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We've been keeping tabs on Americans on the move this summer transfer window. Uh, here's a look at the biggest ones. Christian Pulisic obviously signed that four-year contract with AC Milan. Timothy Weah with Juventus. Brendan Aronson now uh, playing at Union Berlin from Leeds. And Ricardo Pepe signed a five-year contract with PSV. So we decided we should have a conversation about, for these players... Mm -hmm. what success will look like for them at their new clubs? Because it's, it's obviously very, very early days. Um, we've seen a guy like Christian Pulisic play a couple of, of matches for AC Milan. He looks happy. He looks like he's settling in just fine. Um, but too early to, to kind of yeah. grade it or, or, or rate this move. But for a guy like Christian Pulisic, this move... Alexis, I'm going to go to you first. Okay. What does is, what is success look like for Christian Pulisic at AC Milan? I think the first, the top of the list, needs to be settled. You know, we talked a little bit about how happy Messi looks. I don't need to see Christian Pulisic smiling like he is in this photo from ear to ear. But I need to see him settled. I need to see him be considered a starter. Not necessarily start every match, but be considered one of the top starters in this team. I also want to see him play more centrally. Mm -hmm. I want to see him start to really make that position his own. That's where I think he, he delivers the best for the men's national team, even though he does slide a little bit more to the left or he loves to sort of glide around. I would love to see him play more centrally, really, really develop into that 10 and really get a link up with Lau. And also, I need to see him back in Champions League, man. I want to see him playing in Champions League. I mean, for the most part, I think, other than Pepe is qualifying for, mm -hmm. for Champions League at PSV. But everyone else is in the... Is in the no, the, not... Timmy Way. Yeah, Timmy Way is not. That's right. You yeah. this is out. Um, you know, points. Um, <laughs> but I want to see everyone except for, obviously, Tim Way really start to make make a little bit of a, a, a name for themselves in Champions League. But in particular, Christian Pulisic, if you really are the captain and the top player in the U.S. still, still... I need to see this. If I'm ordering from the four players that we saw, if I'm ordering them from one to four, who has the most pressure to perform, mm -hmm. I think it's Christian because he's got a name coming to a very big club, <clears throat> excuse me, where there's no other option, I feel like. Yeah. He's going to play centrally, a different position. Okay, you give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit, but they brought him on to deliver, not to sit on the bench, not to have an experience like at Chelsea. Can I ask you, when you say pressure, do you mean based on his club career? Because I feel like internationally, there isn't that incredible amount of pressure. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, but I wouldn't say he's at the top of the list. No, pressure within Milan, okay. right? When they bring in a player like Pulisic, you expect him to perform and not sit on the bench. And, and they're reinforcing a squad in order to be able to compete in Champions League where you've got Samu Chukwueze, it mm -hmm. looks like, from the reports that we saw yesterday. Probably going to play right wing because you're not going to put Samu Chukwueze anywhere else. And then Pulisic centrally, it's just it's giving a nod that it's going to seem like Pulisic is going to play yeah. centrally every time. And, and hey... <laughs> I think yeah, if if you're at a point where you're happy in your career and, and you have hope that you're going to play because the coach purely wanted him, 
you have that confidence behind you because at Chelsea, I don't think he had that much of a confidence. It was a revolving door of, of, of managers between Tuchel and Graham Potter. He, he couldn't get a good look because there was also uh, overpopulation of a lot of players in his position. But now he's got backing, he's got confidence, and now it's up to him to, to deliver if he's happy and, and stuff like that. And again, like we said before, he has the quality to do so without a doubt. He does. Three uh, assists and two preseason matches. Yeah, so far. I think across the board, the number one thing for me kind of speaks to what you said is consistency. I want to see at the end of this season, all these guys were regular starters throughout the season. They came in. They made a name for themselves. They were an integral part of the team. Yes, everyone has dips in form, but I want them to remain as consistent and regular starters in teams that are successful in their domestic seasons. I think all four of these teams should be in Europe at the end of next season. Um, probably well, Milan. Union. I, I think at this point they, they have strengthened enough to, to be in, in Europe somewhere. Isn't Brendan oh, oh, no, sorry, excuse me. I thought Europe, I thought champions. No, no, not necessarily champions. Okay. Not, especially not for Union, because I think to right. ask them to make champions again, again would, would be, be incredible. a massive ask. Yeah. But, but isn't that why Europe, you brought in Brendan Aronson? I think, I mean, not specifically no. to not throw specifically. that responsibility I, I on his shoulders to, to, to build, to build to the tool team. up. And to be, I mean, I don't think Union Berlin expects necessarily to be in Champions League. I think that this is like kind of a rising tide. Like you build the squad, yeah. you, you compete again in the league, you, you have the added pressure of competing in Europe. So they well, would if, probably. If they, can, if, if they can get out of the group, I think they would brought him on and yeah. they got out of their Champions League group. That would be massive. Huge, That's, huge, that almost huge. makes your season. Yeah. yeah. But I think all of them have to make Europe. Every single one of these players that is on this list, mm -hmm. their teams have to make Europe for this to be successful. Maybe Brendan Aronson, you can give him a little bit of leeway, but well, they have you, to be consistent Juve, starters. Juve, Milan, and PSV not only make Europe, yes, they need they to be in Champions be, League be, next season. Yes, that's, I think there's more pressure on Tim Weah, to be honest with you. He, Quadrado's gone. Right, is that official? Yeah. I wanted to yeah. ask the, the big Juventus fan about the I, I think you, there is pressure, but he also, he fits in this team so, so well that I don't think there's a lesser pressure there. I just think he he slots into this team very, very well, Tim Weah does. He, <laughs> he seems like he is ready-made for Juve. Juve themselves are in a transition period, so there's not a lesser pressure there. But without Europe, with having... The, the season that they had last year with the kind of uncertainty swirling around the club, I think the pressure is a little bit less. And there's not that much responsibility in his position right. that he plays as much as I feel like Christian Pulisic, for example, yeah, he has the is more impactful. Weight on his right. there's, more, there's more weight on Pulisic's yeah. shoulders rather than with shoulders where there's a plethora of, of attackers on. I guess I looked at this differently. I looked at it from both club and international. If you look at Tim Weah, we're not really sure what his best position is. You know, he's had moments where he's played fullback. He's had moments where he's played winger. Here he's going to play more of an advanced fullback, if I'm not mistaken, wingback, more of yeah, a wingback. Yeah. He would play in Cuadrado's role, I Right, in Cuadrado's role. Which one? Big shoes to fill, yeah, right? very big and shoes to if fill. You... But look at the waves. He's ready. I know, right? He <laughs> the wave check is Look at the spin. If they, don't, <laughs> if they don't make Champions League, he's going to be part of the reason they're blamed. It just feels yeah. like it. I'm, again, I'm guessing here. But it feels like bringing an American to replace someone who played at an incredible level for a long time for Juventus, it feels like there's a lot more pressure. A, and a good he has level. to prove a good, a good level. level was, I love Cuadrado. He Guadalupe. was very good. Now, I'm adding the dancing. But he was not, he was not the, the greatest right. of he was all an time. And, and I don't level. think there's like insane pressure on him, to, on Tim Weah to replace Cuadrado in that fashion because Cuadrado was very, very good. But he was it wasn't like he's coming in to replace Javier Zanetti. Sure. So I, I think in that respect he he and and he is quality. Tim is is he's incredible quality. Very, I think he's an incredible player. player. I, I think, think he's, he's gonna do fine. I think he's ready to step yeah. in those shoes. But my big fear is 
he needs to solidify that this is his role, especially w with Berhalter watching. I want to start to see – we talk about yeah. consistency on the pitch. I want to start to see consistency on where he starts. Yeah. To be fair, with though, in this team, he doesn't really have a lot of direct competition for that role. No mm -hmm. one really plays but he's got right wing back. In this Juve team, other than Cuadrado, who is now gone. <laughs> yeah. And with Allegri, I, I hope they become a little bit more offensive at times yeah. instead of 100%. dropping I, lines a little problems. bit deeper. Please. Yeah. <laughs> so, Please. at the end of the day, I think Tim Weah can be a very, very, very important role player yeah. mm -hmm. where Pulisic can be the poster he boy. Will be he can be he one can of be the poster boys. Yes. For AC Milan, yes, you, you believe absolutely, that? absolutely, 100. I, I think they brought. I think Pioli really wanted him. I, I think he will make him central to his plans. I think that that Pulisic. We can call him Pulisic now. We can say we can say properly. We can. Now. <laughs> I think Pulisic's <laughs> skill set ma makes him very, very vital to this Milan if he's if he's healthy and and in form. I, I think Milanisti are really, really excited about mm -hmm. him, which says a lot because they can be very cynical, and I I think. He will be really, really good for this team. That's yeah. exciting. Pepe's got to score goals, 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 Welcome back. We're diving into the Women's World Cup. Here's a look at some of the results from earlier today as well as the matches we have to look forward to today. Japan beat Costa Rica 2-0. Spain thumped Zambia 5-0 um, starting at 8 a.m. And shortly from now, Canada taking on Ireland. And of course, tonight, the United States taking on Netherlands, a rematch of that 2019 World Cup final. You can watch these games on Fox and FS1. Well, right now we are uh, absolutely delighted to bring in our good friend Jordan Angelina hey. Chat. All things Women's World Cup. Jordan, you've got a new background today. <laughs> yes. You guys, I switched sides and redecorated. <laughs> this is actually what's been behind me the whole time. So let's just forget about yesterday. And, you know, it was nice of you to invite me, but now that Alexis is wearing that orange, I just don't think that... You don't feel very welcome, is, do you? Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't feel welcome. <laughs> it feels really awkward and... Um, I feel like he has some explaining to do. I agree. Yeah. It was, it's rude. I mean, it was definitely a choice. That yeah, was, I'm, look, I apologize. I didn't think about it. And I'm glad you no longer <laughs> look like you're on an episode of First 48. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> it was a tough 48, and I made it through. Yep, the, ho the hostage crisis yes. is over. Before we got on camera, Jordan actually said she didn't sleep last night. She was just redecorating her apartment. So we wouldn't make fun of her. Specifically for this yeah. bit, morning footy. muscles and just moved everything in. That's how dedicated Jordan is. Um, all right, Jordan, uh, yesterday, you joined us, and you, we talked about this Spain-Zambia match, and you said this could, this could be rough uh, for Zambia. And you were absolutely spot on a decisive 5 no win for, for Spain. What were your big takeaways from this one? The big takeaways is we started to see what it's going to look like again with Alexia Puteas and Jenny Hermosa playing together. They get the second goal in this one. It was like um, they had been playing together throughout uh, the, this last year, which they haven't. They barely had any minutes together, and right away uh, they – find the back of the net. I, I think it was another dominating win by Spain. You get to see just the wealth uh, that they have within this team. Uh, Redondo comes on, gets a brace for herself. Hermoso has two goals and an assist. This is a, a Spanish squad who also knew, I think, went into this game saying, we need to have a better goal advantage because that game against Japan is going to be the game of this 
group and they knew Japan was playing Costa Rica. It wasn't going to be an easy match for Japan, but if they could go in with that goal differential, they would set themselves up to potentially go into that last game saying, despite the result, we're going to have that, um, you know, they would, they would want the win, but if they get a draw against Japan, they would still have goal differential. Quickly before my actual question, how did the third string Zambia goalkeeper do? I thought she made some okay saves. And the the thing about a third-stream goalkeeper is, you know, there's going to be the saves. The positioning is going to be all right. The saves, I thought, sometimes were bobbled and then gave Spain another opportunity to uh, put themselves in a spot where they could get a shot on goal. And so I think overall impressed with what she could do, put in a situation where maybe she wasn't even expecting to get minutes in this World Cup and um, – I thought she she made some saves that she should be proud of. Jordan, you mentioned it a bit, but let's talk about this Japanese side. They've scored seven goals. They haven't conceded any. They look really, really good. What are your, what are your projections for them moving down the road? Obviously, a very, very exciting game for Spain coming up. Yeah, don't you just love watching them play? Yes. I, I I am feeling you really. I uh, personally love their... it. <laughs> yeah see you watching them and with a big smile on your face uh, they are just a joy to watch and I, I think a, this squad what makes them so special is that they're all footballers you don't go down the line and say all right the defenders are really good at defending no their defenders can be a part of the attack in that three back and they can dribble in and be decision makers and pick the right pass they never seem to get too high and they never seem to get too low. They have this nice consistency about them when they're trying to figure out a way to solve what the other team is giving them. It's going to be hard for Japan once they get into the knockout rounds just for the the sheer firepower, I think, that other teams can play against them. Uh, and this Spain game is going to be interesting. <laughs> That's going to be the real test. Neither one of these first two games, I think, tested Spain, they didn't test Japan in the way that we're going to see this last groups, group stage game test them, which is going to benefit both of them. They're both going on, so they, they can use this game as a way to say, all right, when we go up, up against a team who, who are a little bit more expansive, how can we then utilize this is working or something else is, isn't working? You know, get those little tests that you need to have as a group before you go into the knockout stage. So I think that that's going to be a really big test for both teams. And they're going to have a lot of answers coming out of that match. Now, moving on to U.S. versus my home country of the Netherlands. <laughs> uh, Pull <pulling>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what are What are your thoughts on this U.S. team? You mentioned it last time you were on the show. You don't think the starting lineup is going to be exactly the same. Now we're hearing news about Rose Lavelle possibly being able to start. Do you think we feel they're our best 11? I feel like yes. I think that they're going to field their best 11. And the question is, who's the best 11? I think Vlaco is trying to figure that out, too, especially with some of the players that he has. Going into this matchup, it is a little bit different. And I, the way that the Netherlands set up, it's a pretty aggressive formation. And I wouldn't be surprised if our formation, and just the way we set up defensively, shifts a little bit. But if you have Rose Lavelle, you're playing Rose Lavelle. And I think that that then maybe pushes Lindsey Horan a little bit deeper into midfield. So defensively, there is a good transition back onto defense because the Netherlands will throw six players at you really quickly in transition moments. And I think that just maybe some of the tactics as to how the U.S. go from offense to defense might look different. But 
I also said I, I think Alana Kennedy and Naomi Germa are going to get the start at center back, which is way different than what we saw in the first game. Then you have Julie Ertz, and you have Julie Ertz off the bench in a couple of different situations. If you need to bring her in as a holding midfielder to add a little bit more grit to score a goal, there's an option there. Uh, but if that center part, back partnership isn't working, you can always bring her in. So I, I just feel like Ertz is not quite ready for this game in this situation, but I believe they're going to utilize Julie Ertz in some different way. And I think Lynn Williams is starting. That's my go that's back. My Let's go back. Let's go. <laughs> Nice. Um, who's who's she starting over compared to the I think Trinity Rodman. Trinity. Really? Yeah. yeah. Is there is Just there no way Alex Morgan you, doesn't start? You think do I think Alex Morgan doesn't start? Is there any possibility? Is there do we live in a reality where Vladko <laughs> puts Alex Morgan on the bench? I don't think so. At all? <laughs> no. But I think the reason I say Williams over Rodman and, and I love I think Trinity Rodman is going to continue to progress over this World Cup. We're going to see some really good minutes out of her. But Lynn Williams is a different animal on defense. And I think defensively, if the U.S. decide to press with three up front against the three in the back for the Netherlands, they're going to be able to pick the ball off. And Lynn Williams can come at you. She can close ground like no other. And I think it's going to surprise them a little bit. And, and the U.S. is going to be able to get a goal from just the forwards doing a really good job of jumping a press and working well as a unit defensively. That, that sounds very fun as a, a Dutch defender. You you get like 60 <laughs> minutes of Lim Williams pressing you and then yeah. 30 minutes of Trinity <laughs> Rodman yeah. saucing it up. Or Alyssa Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> Too much. That's fun. Good times. Good times. Uh, yeah, no, this is going to be a great one. Uh, USA taking on Netherlands, 9 p.m. Eastern tonight on Fox. Jordan Angeli, always a pleasure. We're going we're gonna to see you later on today, attacking yep. third, right? You know it, attacking third to this afternoon. It should be a good one. We're talking, we're digging a little bit more into this U.S. game, breaking some stuff down, but um, also talking about some of the Americans that are playing on other teams within the World Cup. So it should be a good episode here today. Let's go. Uh, yeah, Shout out to the Philippines. It. You yes. can watch Attacking Third yeah. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Jordan, Angeli, thank you so much. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. Stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs> 